Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie! welcome back And what's up today? Oh my goodness, it is hard to come back. I didn't sleep well because my bed wasn't rocking. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the Groom Pod, recorded on October 17th, 2021 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This week on the Groom Pod, we're talking about eye damage and who's to blame. We're going to have another hidden ingredient discovery. And we're going to talk grooming arms. This week, What's New is brought to you by Best Shot Pet. Groom Pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shot's Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Barbara, cruising is back in case you were worried. I'm sure you weren't. But it was fantastic and I learned something very interesting on the cruise ship. And that is dogs are a universal language. I could talk to pretty much anybody on that cruise ship. They all had a dog. The minute they knew I was a groomer, they had to show me pictures, and it just opened up the dialogue. <laughs> and, of course, trivia. You know, I've, Everybody knew me on the ship by the time I got off. It was so much fun. But as you can hear, <laughs> my voice is definitely worse for wear over the whole thing. But it was so much fun, and I literally cannot wait to get back to work. So luckily, I have some grooming this afternoon, so I won't have to wait very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say I want to acknowledge that that dogs is the universal language is one of the reasons I joined the grooming community. It's one of the reasons that I, that I chose to be a groomer because I would, because I found it a unifying force in the world is a love of dogs given a few exceptions, right? I've been under a lot of stress and I don't even want to, get into it too much but what happens when I'm under a lot of stress is that things trigger my anger a little more readily than normal yeah they get on that last nerve boy and so I have not been able to get off my growing anger over the Chris Christensen ingredient lists and you know last time um, under the heading of obfuscation, I discussed some of the mealy mouth tactics that I discovered. You know, like they've been making, it, it's really hard for me uh, on this Chris Christensen thing because I was a devoted 
fan of Chris Christensen for many years, and I worked for the company with Chris and uh, Lisa Christensen for two years, and I felt a certain amount of loyalty. But boy, I've just lost it in regard to them because of the way that they are misleading and confusing us with their ingredient listing on, uh, you know, I go to Cherry Brook yes. and see how they see how shampoos disclose their ingredients publicly because that's a that's kind of a, a platform for doing that. And just example after example of what the fuck kind of uh, <laughs> listings, you know, <laughs> like they have this thing on um, one shampoo that this ingredient in their list that says it's like a six digit number Pantene type. Really? What what is that? Pantene type. Like five eight seven four four three two Pantene type. That's listed as an ingredient. What the F is that? That's pretty weird. You know what? If you Google that, all you get is Chris Christensen it's the one for long coats. You just get the product. You just get back to them again. They're the only place that uses that. There's no explanation of that. There's no chemical company that offers that. There's no nothing. It just takes you back to Chris Christensen. Well, we know that Chris Christensen and his wife are no longer involved, right? They sold the company. Yeah, they sold the company. And so, and I think that they've just gone even Further, there was always a tendency to use an occasional chemical company trade name instead of the inky ingredient name. And there was always a tendency to mix up the order of the ingredients. But they've taken that now to a whole new level. This is Spectrum 10 Conditioner. 28353 Pantene Type. What the heck is that? And here's another thing. Ingredients are usually separated by comma. You know, comma, something, comma. Right. Okay, so here separated by comma is this CPS and CHS. What are those? Those are letters. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. You do that. You know what I get? Clinton High School, CHS. Yes, Google that and you get Clinton High School, CHS. Like, come on, what? Did Cherry Book accept this ingredient list? Well, they don't know really, do they? Well, they they don't know. They don't know. And on this Spectrum 10 conditioner, their first ingredient is tetrasodium EDTA. That's a chelating agent. Those are important, but very tiny ingredients. They're usually way at the end of the list. They've got it listed first after water. So we know they're not being organized by volume. No, they're not organized by volume or by amount in the in the product. And then the next ingredient is steramidopropyl dimethy. You know what that's supposed to be? Susie, dimethylamine. Oh. Steramidopropyl dimethylamine, and they just leave it as dimethy. That's... See, that's just sloppy. We don't care. The The more I read these lists, these ingredient disclosures, the more I feel disrespected by this company. I can, it, I can feel can that you, as well, yeah. Because they know, think, first and, of all, they think we don't care enough to take a look at the ingredient list and notice that those names are not familiar names and that they're all that. Yeah, that you're right. It is insulting. So, okay. So it's the smart wash shampoo that I talked about last time about the, uh, and the smart wash conditioners are worse. Really? Just worse. First ingredient of the smart wash conditioners Methosal 40-100 slash natrosal 250-HHRCS. Huh? Huh? <laughs> you know what that is? No. It's hydroxyethyl cellulose. It's a thickener. 
It's a, a two polymer ingredient. So the methicel is one polymer and the natrosol is another polymer. It's a two polymer ingredient that thickens and prevents separation in conditioning rinse formulas. So their thickener is the first ingredient. <laughs> Boy, it'd be pretty thick, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have water there. So then the next ingredient, propylparaben, methylparaben. That's the preservative. And they're also tiny amounts. And that's very tiny. It should be at the end of the list. And then the next ingredient, versine, 100XL slash EDTA NA4. Well, I recognize the EDTA. Okay, so there you go. It's simply EDTA, chelating agents. Versine is the ingredient name from the chemical supplier. Oh, God. Well, this indicates that the person who's assembling and putting this list up has zero experience in putting a list up of ingredients for shampoo. This indicates that the formulator just shuffled the formulator's list and made a couple of changes and threw it off to the typist at Cherrybrook who doesn't know jack shit. Yeah, boy, that's a supply chain breakdown, kind of. (laughs) It's definitely a breakdown. It's so out of order that it's practically meaningless. But way down in the middle towards the bottom, we have still alcohol. But they even make that confusing by putting cetyl alcohol slash alfol 16 vegerol. That's the chemical company name. In this case, they use the inky name as the first name and the supplier name as the second half of the name. That's your conditioner, Susie. There it is, and it is the one, two, oh, actually, the second ingredient is color 1% solution. What does that mean? It isn't color, it's It takes a couple of drops of color to color a gallon of product. So it, it's a 1% solution as a tenth of a percent. I don't know. It's so confusing. Seventh ingredient listed is the conditioner-based acetyl alcohol, which is usually the first ingredient after water. That is not very honest. There is a quaternary, a clot in there that's listed as Verisoft 432 PPG. PPG is familiar. Yeah, it's a methoxylated thing. It's dicetyldimonium chloride. Makes hair soft and silky. Verisoft. That's the chemical supplier's name. It just makes me so, so mad. It just done it in a way where they've given us like TMI, too much information. TMI to the point that it's just overwhelming. Who's going to look at this list? Methocell 40, 100, Natrosol 250, HHRCS. There's a whole lot of groomers out there who are going to look at that list and think that's perfectly fine. But not our people. (laughs) But I have been so triggered by this. I'm in the process of creating, I'm going to put all of these terms in my glossary. And I'm going to create a separate available to anybody that wants it, glossary of Chris Christensen terms. Glossary of Chris Christensen <laughs> ingredient terms, right? Right. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I could just, I, I might just do that as a an appendix to my groomer's glossary. But you know, it's a whole. I mean, there's so many of these uh, CPS and CHS. Is that citric acid modifier? Is that <laughs> something you know? Because citric acid is the ingredient that comes before the comma of CPS and CHS. Is that a type of citric acid or a two forms of CPS and CHS? I don't know. Boy, I probably, I am the only person in the entire grooming industry that gives a shit about this, and I am all fired up and inflamed. 
I have inflammation of the brain over this matter. <laughs> Does anybody else care? I think we care. Should we care? Yes. Should we care about the details of it? I think it's just shame. I think it's a shame, but I do think that we need to have standardization. They need to use inky names, and I don't think that any other list should be accepted. I just don't think that Cherry Brook should accept a non-inky name list. But I also realize there's limitations in who's making that determination, and do they really know what they're looking at when they look at it. But in an ideal world, we deserve that information, and we deserve it to be honest and correct. Right. Exactly. And it's just like so sneaky to do this kind of a TMI dump on us. This just makes you feel stupid. You look at that and you can't understand any of it, except here you see EDTA and there you see cetyl alcohol and fragrance. I got that, you know, and so then it just makes you feel stupid, doesn't it? Well, it kind of makes me feel distrustful, like I'm looking for the why. Why are you doing this? Why can't you play like the rest of the team does? You know, why? What are you hiding? Do you think we're going to go out and make your shampoo? It's not that good. I hate to break the news to you. Okay, that last part was my own personal opinion. Okay, so I, well, I'm going to add to that. Okay. Because can I talk about the mystery hidden ingredient that I discovered? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, let me play a quick ad and then let's go okay. on to that. All right. Okay. Let's do that. Everybody's hands are shaped differently. Mine certainly are. It can be hard to find the perfect shear, but there is a solution. Evolution shears are fully customizable with fixed ring, single, or double swivels. I like the double swivels best. They are all designed to prevent the repetitive stress injuries that occur as we groom. Evolution uses high quality materials and the shears come in curves, straights, thinners, and chunkers. There's a small learning curve, but the staff at Evolution will guide you through. You can put your hands on a pair of Evolution shears at most grooming shows, but if you're not going to a show, go online to evolutionshears.com or call them at 877-560-3057 and buy yourself a pair. Be sure to ask for Chris. She's the cat's pajamas. Ron and Abby are super cool too. But wait, mention the GroomPod when you place your order or put GroomPod in the coupon code on the Evolution website and you'll receive $10 off each pair of shears. How cool is that? Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. Take us on a journey, Barbara. Well, this is just the further journey of mine into Chris Christensen, and this goes back to last week's discussion. You might remember that in the Smart Wash, they identified ammonium laureth sulfate 60%. Right, I remember that. And I told you that that was a misleading because the normal reader would assume they meant that the product was 60% ammonium laureth sulfate. And I was saying, no, it means that it is supplied as a 60% solid or 60% actives. Okay. That's how they sometimes say. So, and I said, that seems like a lot because mostly what I see is 30 and 40 and even 20% actives. So I left it at that, but I couldn't leave it like that. I had to look into it a little more. So I thought, well, you know what? In this um, formula, in this ingredient list, the Chris Christensen seems to be using chemicals from Stepan Company. They're one of the big, big 10 chemical suppliers in the USA, Stepan. I think I remember you mentioning them before. I said, okay, so maybe this um, ammonium laurel sulfate, laureth sulfate 60% comes from Stepan. Now, it's kind of interesting that they'll identify uh, chemical supplier names 
with some ingredients, but not with others, right? In this case, they didn't use the trade name, which is from Stepan, and I can't be sure that they're buying from Stepan, but let's look at the Stepan ammonium laureate sulfate 60%. It's called STLCA460, and it says it's a 60% active synthetic 3-mole ammonium laureate sulfate providing excellent foaming and foam stability properties. Now, are you ready for the big one? I'm ready. I'm sitting down. <clears throat> this anionic surfactant contains ethanol, making it clear and fluid at room temperature. This anionic surfactant contains ethanol. There's no ethanol in their list. You know what contains surfactant and ethanol? Dawn dish soap. Okay. Okay? Sure. Okay, so there's a little more. Which uh, this anionic surfactant contains ethanol, making it clear and fluid at room temperature. It is used in liquid laundry detergents, car truck wash, dishwash, industrial foaming applications, scouring, leveling, coupling in textile and metalworking applications. But where was the cosmetics? Does it say personal care? No. No, however, there is another ammonium laureth sulfate listed for Stepan. They have a choice. STLCA330 is a low active 28% 3-mole ammonium laureth sulfate offering excellent foaming and viscosity characteristics along with low skin irritation potential. This anionic surfactant is well-suited for children's cleaning products, shampoos, bath and cleansing products. It also has an application as a foaming agent for industrial applications, as well as in a variety of agricultural formulations. Now, doesn't that sound like more the choice for a dog shampoo? Definitely. And so this ethanol in this ammonium laureth sulfate is a hidden ingredient. You know, you don't have to list preservatives that are in surfactants to keep them stable. You don't have to list the ethanol. You don't have to list the glycerin in extracts, although most people do list in the glycerin in herbal extracts as a separate ingredient. You don't really have to do that. And of course, in pet grooming, you don't have to say shit. Right. But I might want to know when I'm using ethanol in a shampoo for my dog clients. It's harsh. You're right. This shit is harsh. It's used as a liquid laundry detergent, car truck wash, dishwash, industrial foaming application, scouring, leveling, textile and metalworking applications. That doesn't sound like dog shampoo. It does not sound like dog shampoo, but I've also learned that if you put the right things with it, you might be able to mild that up a little bit, right? Use the right co-surfactant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so you know what they have with it in SmartWash 50, cocamine oxide, Barlox 12, which is used to clean automobiles. It also doesn't have a recommended cosmetic or personal care application. Well, that's kind of crazy. So the, even the co-surfactant is harsh. And there is another co-surfactant that is sodium dododecal benzene sulfonate. I've never found that in a shampoo. Well, let's just say this is not the Chris Christensen of old, even though they were not all that forthcoming. No, but they made the SmartWash 50 shampoo and conditioner, especially for groomers and especially to be effective in a recirculating system or a tank system. I got to say, if they intended that, they should have cut back on the foam. I'm going to say that they went out of character. When they formulated that, they went out of character because their other products used to more mimic human, you know, Chris Christensen found his way from the human cosmetic industry. 
hair care industry. I seem to recall that. Yeah. What's that? Bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since I used the sound effect. I figured I'd throw one in. Is that my acid reflex? (laughs) (laughs) I do have acid reflex in here somewhere. I believe it sounds a little bit like this. (laughs) All right, I'm done. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to get off this soapbox, but I think got to agree that uh, the closer I look at the Smartwatch 50 ingredients, the more disappointed I am in Chris Christensen. And I regret for my friends in the industry and people that count on me to kind of discover this kind of thing, I really regret that I did not take a closer a few years ago when this Smartwatch was first introduced but the truth is chris and lisa were still around when it was introduced true and i I just couldn't uh, i just wasn't ready to go there i understand loyalty i just respect it i yeah it was loyalty and it was respect and i just wasn't i never expected it to be like like this floor cleaner (laughs) oh i shouldn't say that no, but that's like what it is. I know. You know? Yes, sadly, I do. Bummer. Well, how yeah, about if we okay. take another break and go into something, well, equally as traumatizing? More... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, everybody. Here we go. We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Eye damage. Who's to blame? Eye damage can happen so quickly when we're working with shampoos. There are so many myths that surround the shampoos that are deemed safe for the face. When something does happen... Who is to blame? I might have caused an eye surfactant interaction once with a Shih Tzu and I didn't even realize it until many years later when I connected the dots. Barbara, tell us about this. Well, you know, this is something that I kind of got into a little bit while you were gone. There was an extended uh, discussion of a corneal damaged eye, post-grooming corneal damage, on one of the big Facebook groups. And there were a few reasonable, well-educated comments on there, but there was a lot of denial and blame passing. And I mean, people blamed the dog, said it had to have had a pre-existing condition. That's a good groomer dodge. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, but if the dog has a pre-existing eye condition, you shouldn't be getting anywhere near it with some shampoo. And Boy, that's that's such a truth. The other thing is um, it's the owner's fault because they didn't take care of it fast. The dog was fine when they left and it must have been the shampoo's fault. Blame the shampoo. It's supposed to be tearless. What's it doing irritating the eye? There's that tearless thing again. The label, the claim tearless 
is no guarantee of no damage. We fail to value the wide variety of individual eye chemistry and eye situations that come across our tub. We just think that all dogs' eyes are the same, but they're not. Every individual has its own makeup. It's just like the skin. Some skin has a better barrier function than other skin. You know, some shampoo is gentler than others. And if it's labeled as tearless, the chances are the formulator took some measure to try to buffer the product. The thing still comes up and it is so old is that baby shampoo contains something that numbs the eyes. Oh, forget that. It's not true. Bust that myth. It is not true. Bull patty, bull patty, <laughs> bull patties, bull patties. It just, that, that myth keeps reappearing. Maybe in some days gone by, there was some kind of ingredient that had a secondary effect of that. There's no eye-numbing, tissue-numbing ingredient in baby shampoos. And furthermore, if there was, it doesn't prevent an ulcer, so you still don't want to get the shampoo in the eyes, even if it isn't making them tear. Yeah, so what? it's numbing it, but it still can damage them? No, that would be, like, totally wrong. Yep. Wrong. So... Anyway, it's just like all these equivocations that, that showed up in this conversation of people trying to blame something other than the person at the tub. The truth is, soaps and detergents can irritate the cornea. And if the dog is super sensitive, you know, like some dogs can itch and not scratch. Yeah. You know, some dogs can come in with fleas and you and they, well, they never scratches. Right. And yet. <laughs> and yet, you know, some dogs have tolerance for discomfort that other dogs have no tolerance for any discomfort here. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Individual differences. Plus, there's a lot of undiagnosed dry eye out there, you know, for the old dogs. Absolutely. Another point I was going to make, and I'm so happy you brought it up, because older dogs with dry, or any dog with dry eye, is more easily irritated. And, by the way, bar soap is really irritating to the eyes. By the way. Important fact. And there are certain breeds that have bulging eyes that are more easily soap in them. And there are definitely right? breeds who have dirtier faces that we are more inclined to get in there with. Oh, you know what? I said, okay, like, I'm interested in this. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking around to try to find out more about eye damage uh-huh. in the bath. So I thought I would go see what Karen Becker had to say at Mercola. I don't know if I know her. Karen Becker, Dr. Becker? Oh, Dr. Becker. Yeah, okay, Dr. Becker. Dr. Becker. She just recommends that you never wash the face. You just use a washcloth. Can you imagine me trying to clean my Bichon's <laughs> face <laughs> with a freaking washcloth? It ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, you have to get it wet. But you can use foaming face cleaner on the face foaming face cleaner again i if i can say it once i'll say it a hundred times foaming product is less likely to irritate than a regular thickened product another ding for that because yet again a very important fact very important fact so and the other thing is that if a dog is you know like thrashing around about its head and and everything foamy face cleaner is so diluted that it doesn't have to be rinsed i love that it sticks where you put it i love that it sticks where you put it i love that you can miss the eye you can get up near the corner of the eye and miss the eye now, of course, Dr. Becker makes the recommendation of always when you're working with soap and water around a dog's 
top of the dog's head, you should lift the chin up so that the water and everything runs towards the back of the dog rather running down into the eyes. That's a good clue. But I found her uh, rather, it was kind of a put off to be honest with you. And then, of course, I went ahead and got real mad at Mercola because they not have little messages on the website. I'll see if I can read this to you. Oh, do you know that now Dr. Becker has her own grooming salon? Oh. You know, like, you got to be careful with Dr. Becker. I totally respect her holistic background and many of her viewpoints, but she's really hooked into Mercola, and she's selling products and now even has Top Dog Bakery Bath and Boutique. If you don't know what Mercola is, it is a supplement, kind of a natural... Listen, it's Dr. Mercola who started the whole Mercola thing. Okay. Has been identified by fact checkers as one of the leading persons responsible for misinformation. <laughs> I, I don't lie. I, I read that. <laughs> I read that, so it must be the truth. <laughs> no, I I read that, and, and, you know, I've always been really somewhat dismayed at Dr. Uh, Becker's website. But you know what they're saying? They're saying, uh, we value your privacy, so we are uh, no longer submitting our articles to Google. And they are saying, subscribe to our newsletter so that you can receive information that Google... Would fact check as false. What? (laughs) Exactly! Yes! (laughs) Yeah, 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 that Google would not go for. They just hate Google because they've been exposed. Yes. It's really unfortunate that Dr. Becker is associated with this asshole. But... She is, and she's making a lot of money by this association, and so she's not going to give it up. Money talks. Yeah, it's worked for her. It's worked for her, and so she's not going to give it up. She drank the (laughs) Kool-Aid. Yeah. I still will read her articles, but I wait to see when she says, you know, like about dog bathing, she she goes into that whole thing about People shampoo is going to harm your dogs, and and dog shampoo is not. Boy, she hasn't read the ingredients of of uh, smart wash. <laughs> People <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> you damn, god damn! <laughs> you are just a nine year old with those sound effects suits. I've been Scott. away too long, Barbara. I've been away too long. No, you never got that under control. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I probably never ever will. So <laughs> it's too fun. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, you you got me totally off. <laughs> so which is probably a good thing because I just I just see I'm just so triggered by negativity. Okay, so just a couple more points. Important to remember that the longer an eye irritation is left unattended the greater the chances of an infection developing. So time is of the essence in dealing with this. You want to immediately flush the eye, and you also want to report the accident. So you want to tell bathers have got to confess to whomever is releasing the pet and the shop owner or manager needs to report it to the pet owner so it can't be something that just dramatically shows up after the dog goes home. Tell them when you release the dog and then follow up with your client the next day or so and see how the dog is doing. The way to tell people that you've had an accident, a grooming accident, is to be serious matter-of-factly and not too dramatic. 
because if you add your own emotion, you're going to supercharge the event. So you need to be serious, but not emotional. We had a grooming mishap today. Uh, My bather got shampoo in the eye of the dog. It seems to be a little irritated. We've done a first aid, keep an eye on it. And by the way, if you know or suspect that you have had an accident with shampoo in the eye, you might also dremel the rear toenails or put on nail caps to reduce the scratchability factor. Although it's true that if that eye is itching and you can even like bit wrap the foot that would be used to scratch that eye, the dog will find a way to rub or rug burn that eye if it's itching. So be sure to tell your supervisor, be sure to tell your customer and then follow up. Own it, take responsibility and follow up. So let's not get that soap in the eye. It really can be as much of an accident as a bleeding cut. As That's how serious it can be. It can uh, run up those vet bills that you'll have to pay and it can damage your reputation. Okay, so that's it. So I want to say a good thing. I know they're not a sponsor, but iGroom Prebiotic Shampoo and Conditioner is the bomb. And I can't say yet that it has any effect on the skin. I don't know. I've just started using it. But I'm going to say it produces a fabulous immediate result, and it dries fast. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. It dries fast, and it straightens the coat using the air really well. That has value as well. That has value, and Yvonne was instantly impressed She's my canary. (laughs) In the coal mine? (laughs) Yeah, you know, because she's just unbothered by facts and opinions and ingredients and all of that. And she just uses it and she either likes it or dislikes it. And she likes it a lot. And I used it by myself. And they also have a new product that they sent me to try that I love that's called... um, well, good, Barbara. Good thing you wrote that down. Wonder spray. <laughs> wonder spray. Oh, wonder, wonder, oh, wonder spray. Wonder spray, spray is wonderful. I would call it a blow-dry accelerator slash detangler. All right. It definitely acts as a blow-dry accelerator. Do you want it, to move on to our final subject for the day? Yeah, let's hear our final subject. Let's go. Let's get off of me. It's your turn. The Absorber Towel from DogLoversTowel.com is changing my world, and I think you should know about it. The Absorber feels like a magic eraser, and a chamois had a baby, but you use it like a sponge. Get it wet, blot off the pet, squeeze the water down the drain, and repeat. It's like magic. Dogs dry more quickly because they start out drier. Saves laundry costs because I'm not washing any more terry cloth towels. Saves space, too, especially for mobile and house call groomers. Just soak them in vinegar and water between pets. To clean the absorber, toss it in the wash and let it air dry. Then wet it when you're ready to use it again. I cut them in half to make them easier to wring out. You can find the absorber towel at dogloverstowel.com. And if you use GroomPod as the coupon code when you place your first order, you will get 10% off. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. We had a request from one of the groom pack to talk about grooming arms. And I love talking about equipment. It's one of my favorite things. So I figured I'd just do a really quick once over about grooming arms. So there's a lot of different ones out there and which one is right for you depends on what you're gonna use it for. So let's check out the differences. The biggest difference I can see is the material that they are made of. Are they stainless steel? Are they 
strong or is the shape round or is it square because one of those is a little stronger than the other. I think the round ones are a little stronger than the square ones happen to be. And important fact is how the loops, the grooming loops, attach to the grooming arm. I bought a grooming loop accessory. So it's a bunch of different loops sewed into like the equivalent of a nylon strap so that you can adjust your loop to all different sizes and heights. But it turned out that the clips on that particular item do not fit into every grooming arm because some of the arms, the hole is too small and you can't get the clip in there. So make sure you look at that when you're looking to buy. Another thing is how many extra eye loop spots there are where you can attach stuff. And like, for instance, on the handy lip system, it has eye bolts all the way around the whole thing. So you've got lots of places you can attach your grooming loop or uh, whatever other tether you might have. How thick the material is as well makes a difference. Now, thicker is heavier. So if you're a mobile house call groomer, you might want to choose one of the lighter ones rather than one of the heavier ones. But I think one of the areas that people overlook is how it attaches to your table. Amen. Yeah, and it's a big deal. And one of the things I love about my Hand V Lips is that it is actually a pipe fitting that is bolted or, or screwed down on your tabletop. So it does not hang off the end of your table. So it doesn't wiggle loose. The grooming arms that wiggle loose drive me batty. And there's so many of them. And some of them, the base is too small. And so they don't give enough stability when the dog pulls against it. And some of them have a little screw that doesn't stay tight. Gosh, it's a pet peeve. Have you run into that? I'm going to tell you, I have not used anything other than a hand V lip system for like... 20 years, 15 years. Makes a big difference because it it doesn't move. No. So the dog has to take the whole table. (laughs) And they will. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's happened, hasn't it? But the thing about the lip system, it does take a little bit of room in in the length of your table. But I'm of the opinion the smaller the table, the better because the dog can't move away from you. They feel a little more secure if they can back all the way off into the corner and you have to lean over. But heck, that's really bad for your back. So you want the dog as close to you as possible and on the smallest table as possible. So I'm not so worried that it's on the table instead of outside of the table. Some of those grooming arms that clamp on the side of the table don't work in some configurations. I couldn't put a clamp on part of my table. Yeah, me neither. And you all know, if you've listened to the podcast at any length, that I am a huge proponent of attaching the grooming loop in a couple places or the dog in three places of connection. So hip strap attached through the legs and then the loop going up to the grooming arm and then sometimes even another one out the front just to hold them secure and still. And that's one of the advantages of the lip system. And I'll just talk specifically about that for a minute because it really is a unique system. And some of the other Companies have come up with similar systems. Not a one of them is pipe fitter equipment set on top of your table. They're all clamp systems. So even if you get an over-the-top grooming arm that goes, that's one that attaches from one side of the table, goes across the top, and then down to the other side of the table, if they clamp on both sides, it's secure, but it's not going to hold 165 pounds. The lips will actually suspend 165 pounds in a hammock if you had a hammock that you wanted to suspend a massive giant dog from, which I wouldn't. But Curtis used to demonstrate it, Curtis Hanvey, Hanvey Specialty Engineering, which is where the lips is made. He used to hang on that thing and his whole weight and it would still stay up. If you've got a clamped on grooming arm, it's probably not going to support it like that. So anything else that might want to add about grooming arms, Barbara? I guess not. That moment of silence would mean, uh, the brain isn't coming up with anything. Well, and I couldn't either. I mean, other than the, some people don't even rely on the grooming arm at all. For those kind of people, you can use those little fold up ones or whatever. I don't know. I I love my lip system and, and I love having the dog secured. Well, one of the things that I was going through my mind while you were talking was that if you have a front and a rear 
grooming arm, whether or not it's got an, an over the top or not. One of the things that you, well, I guess you would have to have an over the top. One of the things that you can do with these these smaller dogs or any dog that has a trachea problem is that you can use a flank strap on both the front and the back and totally support the dog without a neck loop. Yes. And that's really important to be able to do. So that's why I always have at least two functioning rear flank straps um, at my table. It, I, it's, it, I just have to get everybody in the shop to use that. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> For those dogs that just shouldn't have a neck loop. There's plenty of them. And you really need to ask about that when you take in a new dog. Has he ever had a trachea problem? You know, uh, because you can aggravate that unknowingly. But anyway, I like being able to have full support when I need it. And I don't use front and back and everything for every dog, um, mainly because I like to be able to kind of move the dog 360 instead of my having to move around the table. Oh, I wish I could move around the table. I dream of moving around the table. (laughs) My table's against the wall between two cabinets. I have no access to three sides of my table. (laughs) It's all good, though. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It actually works really well for my sitting down style that I'm doing now as an older person. (laughs) I'll sit down and then I can just move the dog around in front of me and with my table divider. That's another thing I suppose I should bring up. The accessories that you can purchase with the lip system make it really valuable. The hip strap, the chest strap, all of that stuff. But even more important, the table divider, which splits your table right down the middle and keeps the dogs close to you so your back doesn't hurt. And that moment in time is brought to you by Handy Specialty Engineering. No, it's not. <laughs> but we are going to try to get them on board as a sponsor because both of us, Barbara and I, really believe in the products they put out and appreciate all of the technology that they've improved on and or invented. There you go. Hey, Barbara, I'm so happy to be back and I'm so happy to hear your beautiful voice and to talk to all of our friends out there in grooming land. And I think I've got to go to work. So shall we wrap it up? Well, let's do that. And I'm delighted to have you back and I'm glad you didn't uh, uh, have a shipwreck and, uh, (laughs) you know, like all of my horrible fears. I just hate it. But uh, I think it's probably safer than the roller coaster. Ah, uh, quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the queen of trivia. I did really well. I was proud of myself. I had a good time. I ate three desserts every day. Oh, God. I was so glad that you got to have some downtime. I, I mean, I guess I'm envious because I haven't had anything like a week off in like 30 years. So uh, anyway... Great. You're all refreshed. <laughs> Guys, take a vacation. Do do what Barbara doesn't do but says Please. she should do. <laughs> Please. All right. Well, happy grooming, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Take care of yourselves. We love you. Bye.